0: This is the California Liberty Project Podcast.
1: Welcome back to the California Liberty Project. My name is Greg, and I'm very glad that you're here joining me this weekend. Once again, a brand new episode dropping August 27th, 2022. Thank you very much for being here. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at California Liberty Project. Also follow us on Twitter. I'm trying to be a little bit more active there and grow there. And then coming in the near future, hopefully YouTube, Rumble, we're getting those uh, platforms up and running in the near future. But check back with us. And in the meantime, make sure to subscribe on Apple, on Google, on Spotify, podcasts. Um, subscribe leave a rating um, like it five-star review would be great we really appreciate that so thank you very much for being here so before we dive into our discussion with our guest Lori mills who is running for the california assembly in district 42 i wanted to just highlight and mention a few news items here that are rather prominent this week so first and foremost, everyone is all you know, kind of on fire about Biden's student loan handout to the tune of about five hundred billion dollars, and essentially it's just um, it's welfare for upper middle class people, for college professors and for administrators and wealthy schools, um, universities all around the nation. And there's no big surprise there. This essentially turns into you know a, a welfare program. Tuition prices are going to go up. They're going to mysteriously keep increasing because now universities know that there is extra money there that people can borrow and they're getting loans forgiven. So, what's going to happen? Tuition is going to continue to increase. Um, Big shock there. But this is just more embarrassing election year pandering and handouts to voters. Um, And of course, it's kind of backfiring too. It's a little bit of a slap in the face to so-called blue-collar workers, people who went to trade schools, people who started a small business and who just went to work right out of high school. Um, all of those people didn't get this kind of handout, but if you're in the middle or upper middle class, um, this statistically is, is benefiting those groups more than it's benefiting other groups. Um, so watch as this continues to, to backfire. And also, Ukraine is going to be handed out several billion more. It looks like about $3 billion more in U.S. taxpayer money. So that is, uh, that's really wonderful. Um, they get more of that cash. And Biden is making it rain over there for, for Ukraine and for their war as we inch closer to, uh, God forbid, the U.S. getting involved in that conflict. California... Okay, in California, we have a gas-powered vehicle ban that's coming, allegedly, by 2035, which is tyrannical, it's idiotic, it's clown world. We're not prepared for that. Um, This kind of top-down economic decision, just running the economy um, as if we're all on puppet strings, this is, um, obviously, it's completely antithetical to the American way. This is not supposed to be how major shifts in the economy and shifts in energy consumption and shifts in transportation, none of that is supposed to be handled this way in such a top-down, almost Stalin-esque fashion. Um, This is truly incredible, but this is the world that we're living in, and this must be opposed every step of the way. It's coming at us. I'm going to talk more about this in future shows here, in the near future. And then, of course, perhaps... Closest to home, and um, most importantly, well, another piece of California news, there's been a lot of activity up in Sacramento this week. Of course, next week is the last week, truly, of the legislative session. All bills have to be essentially, um, they've got to be passed out of the legislature, and then after that, they go to the the governor's desk. But that's it. Next week, as of the 31st, uh, this legislative session is essentially done for the Assembly and for the Senate. And Senate Bill 866, we're still watching that one closely. That one was not amended, which is a good thing. Uh, So Senator Weiner was not able to get his amendments. And it remains an extremely unpopular bill. We don't think that he has the votes, which is a good thing. And we've all been calling. Um, A lot of activists have been up there in the Capitol, in Sacramento, but keep calling all of those legislators um, there are some great sites um, some great pages on instagram where you can get more information about maybe specific legislators to call Um, call them and just say please oppose sb 866 no matter what happens we need to protect family and parental rights and of course that's a fundamental natural right obviously parents have the right to decide medical choices and medical treatments and vaccinations for their own children. It's fundamental. It doesn't have to be explained further than that. And it's a complete overstep. So SB 866 is getting closer to being defeated. But there are still three more days next week. Um, So make those calls to the legislators. And another really egregious bill is this AB 1940, where these medical clinics and even Possibly abortion clinics can be set up in high schools throughout California. Now, this passed out of the legislature. This is Rudy Salas's bill. You know, Rudy Salas wants to go to Congress. Rudy Salas in, of Bakersfield, Delano, and uh, a lot of cities in, in the Valley. He's running for Congress. This is his bill. And, uh, you know, we were thinking, is he a moderate? This is not a moderate bill whatsoever. It passed 41 to 5, so only five Republicans stood up and actually voted no on this bill. No one spoke out against it, is my understanding, and that is uh, that is truly, um, that's disgusting. We need to do a lot better to say we do not need taxpayer funding of more uh, medical Hyper interventions and certainly no abortion clinics in public schools. It's completely inappropriate to be funding that with taxpayer money. So, no on AB 1940, I would say, but it passed out of the legislature and it is going to be on Governor Newsom's desk where um, we can pray, we can hope that he vetoes it, but um, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. Uh, remember, he's in the midst of running a presidential campaign. He's sparring with uh, Governor Ron DeSantis currently. I think he has a little bit of um, Napoleon or small man complex compared to the successes of DeSantis. And so we get to watch him donate money to uh, Governor Charlie the Tuna Christ and just go at DeSantis um, while California burns, metaphorically. And in some cases, um, uh, literally. So anyway, that's just a little bit of what's been going on in the news more to come on these bills, and more to come on some of these issues, uh, very soon next week and in future uh, episodes of the California Liberty Project. So again, right now we're going to get to our interview with Lori Mills. Now we had a little bit of a technical glitch with this episode, so um, the audio is on a different mic, slightly different um, sound quality, but bear bear with me. I think it's um, I think it's Generally decent quality. But um, at any rate, here's the interview. Um, Really fun interview. We talked about a lot of different stuff. It's wide ranging, um, touched on some of the hot topics of the day uh, globally, nationally, and certainly for here in California. So without further ado, here is Lori Mills. So today we are joined by another candidate here, you know, going into election season. We've been lucky to be joined by several uh, great candidates who are running for the California State House and some local positions. And today our guest is Lori Mills, who is running for State Assembly District 42. And um, with that, Lori, I wanna welcome you to the California Liberty Project. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, Well, my name's Lori Mills and I'm a woman. And I know what a woman is. <laughs> Good. And, and, and you're he, not a doctor. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a <laughs> biologist. Uh, I'm a wife, mother, grandmother, and my son uh, just completed phase one in boot camp in the United States Marine Corps. Uh, I well, never. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Being a mom of somebody in boot camp, I can tell you it's a new experience. You're proud beyond belief but at the same time concerned, especially with the regime we currently have in power. Um, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I never intended on running for office. And what happened was during the unconstitutional emergency order and lockdown, I caught a segment of my son's English class. And the Mm -hmm. teacher was having the kids read congressional testimony by Democrats implying that Republicans were racist. And I want everybody to understand that it wasn't the teacher's fault, it was the curriculum. So when the schools opened up again, I went in and I was volunteering at the library and it looked like a left-wing activist center with books like Defund the Police, Transgender in America, Black Lives Matter, a grassroots movement, So I started a parents group. We took on the school and we did get the library balanced. My concern was how many other schools? Um, I'm a person of faith. I am a Christian. For those of you that are not, that's okay. Uh, I respect your view, but uh, I go to a church called God Speak and our pastor is Pastor Rob McCoy. And one day he said, what are you willing to give up for your country? And I thought that was a really profound statement. And so after that, just a series of events happened. I was invited to Mar-a-Lago for the Take Back Congress event. So I went, uh, met Ted Cruz, met Debbie Lesko, met Ronnie Jackson, met Jim Jordan. Just everybody was there. And I was telling them my concerns and they all said, you need to run for office. So that Mm -hmm. night, I came back to my hotel room, I was on cloud nine, had the best time and I prayed about it. And I said, Lord, you know, I'm not a public speaker. How do I do this? I've always worked in the private sector. And for those of you that are not believers, I want you to think about Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder and letting your conscience be your guide. And I heard very clearly in a still small voice in my head, conscience, Jiminy Cricket, Neither was Moses, and I take the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So I came back home the next day, pulled papers, and I'm, now I'm the Republican nominee for State Assembly District 42.
1: Cool. Wow. So you hadn't had any real background in politics yourself. You had never held office before. You were just someone living a productive life in the private sector, a mother, yes. a grandmother from what you said, and you just yes. you jumped in.
0: Yes. And the thing about me though that's a you know a little different. You know, I was completely apolitical I'd okay. say in 2009. Okay. Didn't even care, didn't know until I heard Ron Paul. And I don't know if anybody know, remembers Ron Paul. Well, I became we part Ron of Paul. the love <laughs> I love Ron Paul. And I became part of the revolution.
1: Awesome. I
0: didn't know that the uh the Federal Reserve was part, wasn't part was part of the U.S. government. Yeah. Ron Paul talked about, and the Fed, how they were taking globalism into our country, that we didn't used to have an IRS. We didn't used to have taxes um, yes. until this World Bank came in. So then, I, you know, when Ron Paul uh ran i decided hey i'm gonna get involved in his campaign and i started collecting delegates for his campaign and during the iowa caucus uh ron paul was only behind Mitt romney by 200 votes yes and that night on nbc nightly news they said here are your candidates and it was everybody but Ron Paul.
1: Yeah, Lori, didn't they go with first place, first place, whoever, you know, uh, was it Mitt to Romney? To last
0: place. First place, and then they place. skipped
1: second, right? And then they went rem- to third.
0: Yes. I don't even remember who the guy was, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, of yeah. course, Frothy Santorum. Um, yeah. And so I went, well, that's odd. Well, the next night was the New Hampshire primary. And all of a sudden it was... Here are your candidates, and again, it was everybody but Ron Paul. And I sat back. I went, it's, "They're yeah. steering this election." Right. The media is lying to the American people. So that's when I like the light bulb went on for me, and I woke up to the corruption. Right. So after that, you know, I I was back to my life, but then Donald Trump was elected. Right. And the Russia collusion started, Russiagate. Yeah. And I went there doing it again. And I started digging. I was researching. I found out who Lisa Monaco was, who actually just led the raid on Trump's Mar-a-Lago. Yes. I found out who Michael Sussman was, yeah. who was not convicted, but lied to the FBI.
1: Yeah, And... He was a lawyer. He was a lawyer for the FBI, I believe, up in the higher ranks. Yes, yeah.
0: yes, yes. And, you know, I'm looking at this law fair and I stood back and I'm like, we're losing this country, you guys. And if the citizens don't take it back, right. we're done. We're done. And I truly believe this needs to be the year of the citizen candidate.
1: No, I, I love that.
0: It just does. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yes. Yeah. You talk about um, some of those issues at the national level. You mentioned even with the FBI, what we've seen with the raid on Mar-a-Lago. But then even with Zuckerberg on Rogan, I think just recently, you know, that yes. those clips are going around and it's it's like he's just coming out fully in a very suspicious way. I don't know why he's being so honest now about it, but he's kind of admitting like, oh, yeah, they approached us and they they asked us, you know, what we're doing to counter this or saying that we should we should watch out for this Hunter Biden laptop laptop story because, you know, it's disinforma- It's Russian disinformation. And what he's admitting now is stuff that many of us knew, right? But not only with the, the Gretchen Whitmer, the January 6th stuff, what we're seeing kind of yes. leak out. And that's not even counting going back to 2016, right? Um, it's yes. scary.
0: Well, let's take it a step further. Even on Joe Rogan, he's lying. Um, I, for one posted about Hunter Biden's laptop during that time, I was taken down from Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all within the same hour, and then they took my business pages. Oh, wow. So he's, a, sorry, he's a liar. And he was involved in this as anybody else. And we know for a fact where the Zuckerbucks went. Uh And they were all to democrat Democrat-leaning cities. And since I've been doing this to corruption, i'm digging into is just unbelievable yes yeah from the drought to our law fair to them basically we have career politicians on both sides of the aisle so let's get that real playing musical chairs nothing changes yet they're making millions of dollars and i'll say it straightly laundering money through pet projects
1: absolutely yeah that's right Yeah, at that national level, I think there are some things that are immediate, like uh, the the house is on fire kinds of issues. And those are the weaponization of this federal police force, which is now turned totally unconstitutional. It's a war against normal people. It's a war against 70 something million voters, right? Anyone who supported Trump, anyone who is uh, perturbed or angry and goes to a school board meeting, um, they're turned into domestic terrorists. I knew it the day of January 6th that afternoon. I knew what they were going to do is weaponize, weaponize everything, use the FBI, and they were going to essentially turn them into uh, foot soldiers of an American Stasi. That is very scary. And then the the second thing that you kind of touched on there is the government getting big tech, obviously Facebook, Twitter, and all these companies to do things that the government is not constitutionally allowed to do. So it's just that end run around the First Amendment. It's an end run around whatever it is, even with the the V mandates, the injections. Same thing. If the government at first, they didn't want to do it, so they had private businesses do it. And I think those two main things, the weaponization of the FBI and then having the government employ private sector, almost in a very fascistic sense. um, I think that's extremely dangerous.
0: Oh, uh, you know, I almost wept that day. I wanted to go to the rally, and for some reason I was stopped. I didn't go. And the thing that is so concerning to me is we wanted to see the debate on the floor. We didn't want to see that happen. That is not who we are. And I've got questions. Sure. I've seen video of Antifa changing clothes before the insurrection happened. And I also have a problem with we're not having equal justice under the law anymore. I remember during the Kavanaugh hearings, protesters trapping Jeff Flake in the elevator. Sure. Those women never went to jail. Yes, They were in the Capitol. Why are there rules for one side and not for the other? Now, let me get something straight. Anybody that was violent in that Capitol building that day, I'm sorry, you should be prosecuted. But people, Dr. Simone Gold, who had never had a criminal charge of sitting in jail today because she gave a speech. She gave a speech in the Capitol. Um, the last I remember, that's our house. That's not their house. And we've got peaceful people that went in and walked around that are still in jail without due process a year and a half later that we're being held in solitary confinement. This is wrong. Um, our constitution guarantees us due process quickly, quickly. And what we're seeing in this instance, again, is not America. Um, you know, I'm running for a state office, so I'm not running for a national office, but California is a mess. California is corrupt. And, and, the further I dig into things like the water crisis and things like that, again, everything that we're facing, starting with this state legislature and this one-party rule, is corrupt. It's corrupt to the core.
1: Yes, uh, well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we could we could riff and do a whole thing on January sixth and what happened there, and that the the true violence was, of course, that uh, unarmed Ashley Babbitt was shot. And that police officer was let off with another uh, slap on the wrist. And, yeah, so I guess we won't go down that rabbit hole, although we we certainly could. Um, let's talk about California. Let's let's bring it back home. So, Lori, I see that you're running, obviously, for assembly in District 42. And you and I talked a little bit before about the district. And it's a district that I'm very familiar with. Um, I lived there for a couple of years as a kid. I have some family there. And it stretches... Stretches really some quite diverse suburbs and areas of, I guess, LA and the Valley and into Conejo Valley. Can you tell us more about the district that you're running in? And then what are some of the key issues there in District 42?
0: Okay, well, first of all, it's another reason I decided to run for office. Um, after the redistricting, I did read Jackie Irwin's voting record, and it is extreme. So the new district, I did have a Republican. Assemblywoman Suzette Valadeiras. So if there was a crazy bill that came through, I could call her, say, vote no. Uh, but after the redistricting, I read Jackie's record, but the district is huge. And it starts on the Southeast side of Camarillo, goes Newberry Park, Thousand Oaks, Westlake Village, Gore Hills, Oak Park, uh, Calabasas, Hidden Hills, Topanga, Beverly Glen, Bel Air, um, Brentwood, Pacific Palisades, Malibu. But the beautiful part is we gain the red cities of Simi Valley and Moore Park, and we can okay. flip the seat. This is a totally wow. winnable seat. We've got the data, we can win this.
1: That's, isn't that amazing? Because you've got everything from Simi Valley and Moore Park, which I'm familiar with too, kind of in the west or the northwest. And then including what Malibu and Pacific Palisades you said, so a lot and of people and
0: Brentwood and Bel Brentwood. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have like Glenn. a lot of like Hollywood
1: types, right? And um, yes. a lot of celebrities. And what an interesting mix for a district.
0: Yeah, you know, we did a fundraiser in Malibu last night, and uh, I was able. Uh, I got the endorsement of um, Kurt Cameron. Came. Oh yeah, growing pains. and. Yeah. yeah he was great. He did a whole thing on a monument that's up in Massachusetts that most Americans don't know about hmm. and uh we're our 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 founding in faith in God it was it was amazing and then um also David Zucker was there who uh produced and directed the movie's airplane oh yeah. so yeah, I, yeah yeah I do have a lot of the Hollywood types in that portion of the district for sure yeah
1: interesting very interesting and
0: they're not all crazy that's the beautiful part
1: yeah or hopefully good crazy not bad crazy no right?
0: they're <laughs> no these guys they're very the guys that i'm meeting they're just they're sick of it too i mean they're being canceled and censored for having an opinion you know right. this cancel right. culture that's going on is crazy but in our district you know first of all we have the crt in schools Course. Uh, that we And the social emotional learning and the gender theory, we need to address that. We have a homeless crisis that is not being addressed. And again, we have a bureaucracy making money off, off of the problem. And an assembly woman who decides it's not important to vote on. We have a escalating crime problem with Chilean gangs flying into town to doing robberies smash-and-grab robberies. The mayor of Malibu has endorsed my campaign because wow. they don't like people running around the beach with machetes and homeless pitching tents in their backyards. And again, my opponent, Jackie Irwin, voted to let violent criminals out of jail. Um, she didn't vote on the homeless. Uh, the economy's a mess. Rising gas prices and you know 2 years ago we were paying 350 a gallon and here in Ventura County we actually just had measure A and B that we voted on to continue drilling clean oil in our district and so now Newsom wants to do a statewide ban on oil drilling for what oh yeah you know he wants us all to buy electric cars with a failing grid that we're all that we're all having rolling blackouts here already we have a water crisis that is unbelievable um i've actually spent about four hours with water executives i know about all of the corruption and lawfare that uh let's just say this the drought is real the water crisis is man-made there's so much we can talk about greg So much,
1: yeah. There's there's a lot there that you touched upon. You know, affecting our economy. I feel like in this state, we are blessed with so many natural resources. Obviously, great weather, great farming and agriculture. But we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. I mean, take oil and gas right now. They're killing so many industries in the heart of our state, and we're. You know, I was I was going to touch upon even like Newsom and Sacramento announcing that. Yeah, in a handful of years, we're not even going to sell gas-powered vehicles anymore. You're all going to be on electric vehicle. We're all going to be eating bugs. It, it's insanity.
0: Well, you know, it's not insanity, though. This is the thing. They can't be this stupid. Why are they trying to destroy our state? Why are they trying to destroy our country? I know, you know, him and the World Economic Forum I don't want a one world government. I don't want a new world order. I want our constitutional republic. You know, they're destroying us from the inside. And it's absolutely insane.
1: Yeah, it's gross. They've infiltrated so many of our institutions. Um, and they do- Our it with
0: corporations.
1: These corporations. It's it's gotten gross. It's gotten disgusting. I'm, I, I, I used to be, and I still am very much, I'm a free market absolutist. But- there's no inherent good in a corporation necessarily. Corporations are amoral. If they're doing evil, then they're immoral. But at, at best, really, a corporation is amoral. It's just there to serve the purposes of its shareholders, right? Not to be another arm of government. And I, we right. talked about that a few minutes ago and you know how they're, they're infiltrating everything and they're putting in these World Economic Forum approved standards into our agriculture, into our oil and gas industry. Stamping it out, ESG scores and the like, and um, it's scary. It's like globalism coming home to the local, and here we are. We're we're talking about local. Everything is like governed by Davos or WEF in some indirect fashion or in a direct way.
0: Well, you know, another danger is I think um, our country has been infiltrated by the CCP. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but the CCP, Chinese Communist Party owns 40% of our uh, of the Port of Los Angeles, Terminal 5. They own 40% of a lot of our ports. We import our medicine from the Chinese Communist Party. When they're the ones that have the lab leak, uh, sorry, Anthony Fauci, you need to go to jail. Um, it's crazy what we're seeing. They've infiltrated our corporations. They've infiltrated Ho- Hollywood. They've infiltrated our sports leagues and for all of you people out there that are selling this country out for gain, stop it or go move there. We don't want it here. The people of the United States of America want our country back. And if I have to not shop at their stores or I have to not buy anything made in China, well, that's what I'm doing. You as a consumer have the power to choose where you buy your products products from. And we need to, even in schools, put arts in where people don't always have to go to these liberal colleges and learn a trade, learn a skill. Let's start building things at home again. Let's start manufacturing at home again. Um, But what we're facing right now is extremely dangerous. And again, I'm a digger. Um, There's a corporation I don't know if you're aware of, it's an LLC um, called Arabella Financial. Have you heard about them?
1: I've heard the name before. Yeah, but go, go on. Yeah, tell us about what you found.
0: Okay, so Arabella Financial is an LLC that is run out of Washington, D.C. in one office. They do not have to disclose their donors. They affect our policy. They affect our elections. Um, but digging into, we've been able to find out some of the people that donate to um, Arabella. Arabella is funded by George Soros. Arabella is fu- funded by Hans borg Weiss from Switzerland. Uh, a lot of corporations, they have over $500 billion. Underneath them, there's six groups. The Hopewell Foundation, Defund, uh, Defend Democracy, the 1630 Fund, which Jen Psaki used to work for. Hmm. So let's say you have a riot or a bunch of protesters in Washington, D.C. They're paid by Arabella Financial. A lot of the policy things that we see go on, funded by Arabella Financial. I've been digging into them for about a year. And oddly enough, I kept saying, when is even our Congress gonna start talking about this organization? And when Kassanji Jackson, had her hearing for um, Supreme Court.
1: Ketanji Brown. Lindsey Graham. Right. right.
0: Yes, Lindsey Graham said. So you're funded by Arabella, and I was like, finally, finally. Lindsey. Wow. They need to- yes, and I was shocked by that. Trust yeah. me, because he's I'm not a huge fan. Um, but again, they're affecting our country from california and every state into our national realm it's all intertwined just it's a spider web of corruption
1: yeah and i I think so some people would probably might say um not to be too devil's advocate but would some people just say well they're more liberal or left-wing and they're just they're just kind of funding their causes what's wrong with that but i think i think there is something wrong with it when those tentacles get intertwined with government and you begin to erase the boundaries between um, private political donations and whatnot, but funding and actually calling people up and having government act on, on your behalf. which it's not like we haven't seen that recently, right?
0: Yeah, well, but it's not only that. it's foreign, interfe- foreign inter- interference in our country. You know, Hanssburg Weiss is not an American. He is from Switzerland. The Quant family that own BMW, they're not Americans and they are manipulating our policy in America.
1: Sure. Well, there are a lot of people interested in, I guess, what goes on here. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's scary.
0: Absolutely. So let Long me. Ask, they don't want us.
1: Can yeah, I ask you? Yeah, let's go to
0: California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: no, because I'd love to talk about all this stuff too. No, that's great. But like bringing it home to District 42 again. Um, Yeah, homelessness, of course, on the beach, in the cities, I don't know, maybe even out in the suburbs, too. Certainly, I've seen it in the San Fernando Valley. Um, Oh, God. What's the answer? I mean, it is a tough problem. What are are some of your solutions? What should we do about homelessness, Lori? Uh,
0: Okay, well, I've been doing a lot of research on this as well. What I have found is right now, the bureaucracy is making money on the problem. You've got top heavy bureaucrats that are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to not do anything. Um, Gavin Newsom's solution is to put these homeless people up in hotels and in your neighborhoods. Jackie Irwin voted to, you know, redo zoning so they could put these people in your neighborhoods. They also have voted to for crack pipes and injection sites. And to me, that's not the answer. So what I think we need to do is we need to partner with the private sector who have done a much better job of this in dealing with the situation. There's a program in Austin, Texas called Community First. And I would say their plan has probably been the best thing that I have found. And what they've done is they gave state land to a private sector faith-based organization called Loaves and Fishes. They developed a community, and you guys can Google it, it's online. They have three sectors in this community and they built tiny homes out away from the public. And in the first area, they have a section that is for those that are trying to get back on their feet. Mm-hmm. In the second section, they have those a section for those that are mentally ill, where they're getting medication. They have doctor care. In the third section, it's for the drug addicted, where they can get treatment. Um, And they grow their own food. They have job training. They have their own grocery store. And again, crack pipes and injection sites aren't the answer. This gives them a road to recovery. And we need to fund state mental institutions again. I've had four incidents in the last year where um, I've seen a stabbing. I We had a guy in Ventura who had his son on his lap and a man walked up and stabbed him in the neck while a child was on his lap. Oh, and we need to put the victim and the citizen before the homeless and not in a way that's not compassionate, but it's not compassionate to let them live on our streets. Yeah, it is not. I went to I went to Sacramento thinking it would be the shining city on the hill, our state capital. And I got out of my Uber greeted by a man walking down the street naked, holding a woman on a leash. This is not normal. We don't live in a third world country and I reject it. It's a disgrace and we need to deal with the problem. But again, part of the problem is the bureaucracy that has infiltrated our country to where they're more powerful than the voice of the people. And we need to do legislation that stops it.
1: Yeah, and the public sector, you know, right now we've been kind of outsourcing charity to the government, in in my opinion. I mean, just to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, the public sector has been running homelessness. You know, we've got the homeless industrial complex where you're right, people are making money. They're building these super expensive tiny homes, you know, kickbacks here, there, everywhere. We're subsidizing these people. We're giving them money to be junkies on the street and to destroy their bodies. And I, I personally am someone who doesn't want to see drug use uh, criminalized. I don't want to see people thrown in jail um, for drug use, but people doing drugs on public property, on sidewalks, near schools, that's not working. People dying in the streets is, well, it's inhumane and it's disgusting that we have to drive by that in all kinds of cities in California, right? Not just downtown LA. It's not just Skid Row. I've talked about this many times before, but it's our smaller and mid-sized cities too. It's like just the decay, it spreads like a cancer. And then all of a sudden, we're yes. like looking, we're driving down the road, we're trying to like put blinders on to people who are clearly on fentanyl and meth, whatever they're high on, and they're they're dying in the street, they could overdose on public property. They're getting subsidized by the government. This is not working. I don't want to see them in jail, but a private private sector solution, like what you mentioned, something like that, it's like, man, let's try it. Let's try a faith-based approach or a private approach.
0: Right. Well, and you know, you had said the tiny humps, first of all, they want to build condos. They want to take houses in your neighborhood and house them there. And these drug addicts, no offense, are in our parks, on our beaches, leaving their needles, leaving their syringes, and it's dangerous for our children, never mind the fact that we have fentanyl, flooding our border and our children are dying. You know, one use of fentanyl, one grain, the size of sand is killing us. And back to the CCP, they're importing it to Mexico and it's coming across the border, our open border, which human trafficking. And um, this will stay on the homeless subject because this is a whole different subject. But the human trafficking, the rape and abuse of children, this isn't compassionate. It's
1: intolerable. To
0: anybody. Yeah. yeah to anybody. Right. And right. we need change. And we need change now. Now, what they're doing, the eight the hundred $830,000 condos is not the answer. If we were to do the tiny homes, a tiny home cost on average about $18,000. And if it's out on state land, away from you know major metropolitan er- areas or your neighborhoods, they can't just walk out of it. Um, is it jail? No, but it's a road to recovery. Right. We need a road to recovery for these people. Um, letting them die from their addiction is not compassionate. No. I had a family member who was addicted yeah. and she used to steal from the family she was squatting in a home with her boyfriend and they had a drug deal gone wrong and someone ended up dead Mm. um that's not compassion for anybody and again we're not a third world country this has become a crisis and it needs to be addressed and i will refuse to accept it as normal
1: good no I, i think it starts with that Lori. i really do because as i was mentioning it's not only the, the harm, the destruction that that addict is bringing upon themselves, which I don't think any of us would describe that as liberty or freedom, you know, just the choice to destroy your body with, with poison. But nonetheless, there's also that harm and that destruction, I think, to us as Californians if this is normalized, right? If it's okay to see people on the beach passed out who are just getting baked by the sun because they're, they're baked or they're high, um, you know, metaphorically, or they're on drugs, They're just there dying in the sun or they're dying in a back alley or on the street. Could be Ventura Boulevard. Um, They're wandering around. I mean, that's not good for us. It's not good for our kids to see. It's certainly not good for the addict or that homeless person to just be ignored and to die on the streets, right? You're absolutely Right. right. This is not a humane situation and it's something that must be addressed and changed.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and you had mentioned Skid Row. Let's get something straight. Skid Row is everywhere in California now. It's everywhere. You know, um, this is not okay. It's not okay. And for people to just walk by them and be fearful that they could be attacked. This is not okay. And understand our high school students, that maybe they think, oh, I've never done this before, and I'm going to do a line of cocaine. And it's laced with fentanyl, and that one use can kill them. Can kill them.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: This has become a whole new ball game. This isn't smoking weed and eating Doritos anymore.
1: Sure. Well, yeah. Let me say something unpopular from from libertarian perspective, or unpopular to libertarians. Yes, I don't think that people should be um, thrown in jail like a violent felon um, for their drug addiction or for their drug use. But I also don't think it's good for the body or good for the soul. And I think maybe. Maybe the first thing we have to do is start encouraging people to never touch the stuff. I mean, I know once someone is an addict, that ship has sailed, right? Not necessarily. But can we get back to,
0: Not necessarily. let's get back to,
1: don't ever touch fentanyl. Don't ever touch, get away from this stuff because it is poison. Is it wrong to just say, hey, this is poison, guys. I don't need the government to be a bully. Forget the government. Let's just talk to each other as citizens. Stay away from this crap. You know, you have a choice. Stay away from it because it is poison, it's made, in some cases, and imported from China. It's brought over the border. Stay away from it. It could kill you.
0: Yeah, but that's the problem, Greg. You don't know when you're taking it anymore. You could They're disguising this as Xanax. They're disguising it to look like Oxycontin. They're disguising it. You can think that you're taking one pill and you're taking fentanyl. You know, I thought that when Prince died, people would wake up. I thought when Tom Petty died, people would wake up. You guys, this isn't the old days in the 80s where you knew what you were taking. You were gambling. You're playing Russian roulette with your life. And let's get something straight. I love you. I don't want you to die. And your family loves you. And it's your freedom what you're gonna put in your body But just know that you're gambling with your life and it's a bondage. Set yourself free. God's got bigger plans for you and what you're living, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And if we can do that compassionately as a civil society, you know, um, the faith-based approach I think is great. These private approaches can be great. But if we can establish that, we don't need the government because I see the government as subsidizing this degeneracy. I want the government completely out of this, just like I want the government completely out of everything, pretty much. But the government pollutes anything and everything it touches. It ruins it. It turns it into a racket. Some people make money. Some people suffer. And it's a failure. Um,
0: Get the government off our backs. Yeah, exactly. Get the government out of our lives. Let's shrink this stuff
1: and get it's the government disgusting. out of our problems. We might have problems out of but our we'll, tri- we'll yes. solve it with our
0: neighbors. How about that? Yes. Yes, our families. Um, we don't want I don't want to rule you guys. I want to represent you. Sure. I right. want to be your voice. That's right. difference. We're being ruled right now.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and speaking of us being ruled Let's talk a little bit about some of the infamous bad bills, right? All those bad bills, some of which we, the people have defeated or helped defeat. I'm thinking of like SB 871, you know, like forcing all school children essentially to be uh, injected. But just this week, you know, we're watching what's going to happen with SB 866, with AB 2098, uh, SB 1479. On some of those bills... uh like I just mentioned, SB 866, AB 2098, SB 1479, you know, a lot of us have gotten, you know, really familiarized with some of these bad bills um, through the past several months. But remember, um, fundamentally, Senate Bill 866 is a bill that deals, you know, at a very basic level with parental and family rights. And it essentially interferes with, as I would see it, it interferes with parents' rights to make medical and vaccine choices for their children, whether you're pro-vaccine, uh, whether you're anti-vaccine, or somewhere in the middle. Um, SB 866, remember, was that was Senator Weiner's bill that essentially um, almost emancipated the minor um, from 12 years and up. Um, he had to amend it to 15 years and up because it's yeah. very unpopular again. But that one almost emancipated the minor to make more medical choices and decisions on their own without even notifying the parents. So much of this stuff now can be done without parental involvement, parental knowledge. Um, You know, we've got the vaccines next. They're going to come with other medications. They're going to come with these gender transition um, surgeries and these procedures. The list goes on and on and on. And you wonder at a certain point, are there more nefarious reasons why they're lowering that age of consent as far as they can, uh, It's disgusting to me. That's Senate bill 866. We want to get it back to where when you turn 18, you make those medical and vaccine choices for yourself in our society, not at age 12, not at age 15. So that one's very dangerous. Um, A couple of those other really egregious ones. And there are, there are dozens of these, but these are kind of some of the headliner bad bills. There's AB 2098, which essentially is like a free speech stifling bill. Um, where uh, I believe that that was one of the ones where doctors and medical professionals really have to watch what they say. They can't speak out against certain medical procedures or vaccinations. Um, a lot of this is squelched all of these new um, risks, side effects, some of the things people should consider with different health conditions um, or even with no health conditions. All of these things can be labeled either misinformation and regulated by the government. So I guess, I guess, the right to your own body and the right to privacy is out the window, right, Lori, with the AB 2098? And Senate Bill 1479, let me mention this one as well, then I'll, I'll turn it over to you to run with these. For 1479, uh, from memory, that one essentially puts in place this uh, permanent COVID testing machine, uh, the treadmill, the regime, over and over, uh, testing, reporting, in schools. And it just, it's like a permanent prolonging of this nightmare scenario that we've had the past two 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 and a half years. This dystopian testing of children, freaking people out about this coronavirus, making people live in fear, testing, 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 tracing, all of that stuff, all that machinery that they put in place to monitor and track us and turn our kids into numbers and stats, but they can trace it back to you. SB 1479 prolongs that and it funds it and it puts it into uh, government schools. So, and those are just three of, three of the worst ones, Larry, yeah. but talk to us about your stances on any of those or all of those. And, and where do we go from here in the future with these bad bills?
0: Well, again, we need eight seats in the assembly to stop their super majority. And it's just time for the people to be represented and not ruled. Um, 866, I believe that kids belong to the parents and not the state, um, one of the first things I want to do is present a parent's bill of rights because, you know, the the government doesn't know your child's medical history, nor should they. Um, medicine should be left between the doctor doctor and patient relationship, and it's a clear violation of our HIPAA rights. Um, some children have already been vaccine injured as children, small children. This is an experimental MNRA technology. It's never been tested for a 10-year-long trial. We are actually the guinea pigs in this. Um, I do not support this bill. My vote would be 100% no. Um, I know Jackie Irwin may end up abstaining on this bill because that's what she usually does if something's controversial. I think our legislature's should stand with the voice of the people. And I don't think that there's any parent out there that wants to turn medical decisions over to schools, over to the government, and we need to get the government off our backs. Um, As far as the other bill, you know, with the doctors and the state, if I'm ill, I wanna be able to get a second opinion to silence our doctors and not let them have an opinion on medical decisions. You know, doctors practice medicines. That's why they're not referred to as professionals. They practice medicine because science changes. And we've seen this even with this whole situation with COVID. You know, we now know uh, the CDC just put out uh, information that masks don't work. Uh, we also know that with this vaccine, that that if it if it works, then why doesn't it work? If you've had the vaccine, you can still get COVID. It's not working, guys. Um, doctor, the silencing of doctors like Doctor McCullough and Doctor Malone, who have you know, and the funny thing about Doctor Malone, he created. The MNRA technology. He's the one that created the technology that puts this vaccine. The
1: messenger RNA. Yes. Yeah. Via via lipid nanoparticles. Yes. I I believe he had something to do with it. Yes. And,
0: you know, he said about a year ago, I heard him and he said, the vaccine is leaking. There will be other variants. And he was silenced. The danger in this is just indescribable to me. Um, yeah, and
1: these aren't these are conspiracy theories, right, Lori? I mean, these are very important, open-ended scientific questions absolutely. that we can get more data on. As scientists, we can answer some of these, but the questions of you know this is gene therapy. Yes, now, RNA is essentially it's bundles of genetic information, as I understand it. I'm not a uh, medical doctor, Me neither. But these it, these are, it's essentially it's gene-related information, and there was a question early on as to whether or not this can actually be reverse transcribed, you know, reverse transcription back into one's DNA. And that is a very important question to answer. I'm not saying that I know it does or does not. Um, Again, I'm not a biomedical researcher. But these are critical things that people need to at least kind of understand are out there and they're not fully settled on in the literature. And also, how long do these, how long does it last, um, you know, in terms of the spike protein production when it gets injected into your shoulder muscle, how long is that going on? Where do the spike proteins go? What is this lipid nanoparticle vehicle to get all of the spike proteins throughout the body? Where do they where do they pile up? And are they inflammatory? Do they cause an autoimmune or inflammatory response? Um, so sorry to jump in there. No, just, I listened to doctors like Ryan Cole and many others where they're asking these questions and they're saying, beware if this is not a sterilizing if these antibodies are not sterilizing antibodies and if you don't have the antibodies produced where you actually need them to fight a coronavirus which would be in the nasal passages in the nose you don't necessarily need a bunch of antibodies initially in your shoulder muscle you want them in your lungs you want them where the the virus actually is um you know with these kinds of questions out there it's okay for a patient to have these discussions with their doctor.
0: Absolutely. Right? With,
1: to bring it back to 2098.
0: Absolutely. And that's the thing it, to silence a doctor from practicing their science is extremely dangerous. Um, when I had COVID. I had the Delta variant last year, and I was appalled. I went to three doctors and I said, You know, I've got COVID. And everything that I had researched on my own, you know, that's what happens when the government locks you up, um, said that these doctors all told me, go home until you cannot breathe. And I was like, wait, everything I've researched had said early treatment was key. And the fact right. that these doctors were unable to practice their their craft and withheld early treatment for the public. We saw the abused locked up with their abuser. We saw people die in the hospital alone. We could never, ever allow this to happen in our state again. And these bills that they're putting forward are so dangerous. It's insane that we can't even talk about it. We have every right to talk about it. It's our First Amendment right in the Constitution.
1: Absolutely, Lori. And this is with your own body, for your own body. And they're trying to say, now you can't even have that doubt or that skepticism or these questions with your own doctor. Versus some of us who have dug back into the the research, because we've had to, as you mentioned, um, we've had two years to do so. They want to pretend that history hasn't even existed. For example, what do we know about SARS already from medical science? Well, I can point you to papers back to 2006 or 2005 in respected journals that say, oh, chloroquine, these chloroquine class of drugs are very effective, it appears, in treating SARS, the original one. Now the cousin comes out and we're supposed to pretend that there's absolutely no possible benefit of using hydroxychloroquine to treat, you know, not as a pure perfect cure, but to treat the cousin of SARS Uh, coronavirus too. It's incredible. We're just supposed to like put blinders on and pretend history didn't happen. And people use, you know, they could say Orwellian, they say brave new world. We're probably somewhere in between as a lot of people have noted, but I'm not, I'm not taking the crazy pills. It sounds like you're not either. You know, this is
0: what I did. You know, first of all, I think that we need to get the government out of the doctor patient relationship period. Um, But what happened with me, I started getting pretty sick. So I had a friend drive up from Orange County. She brought me hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and azithromycin. I started a six-day protocol. Within 36 hours, I started to recover, which showed me on my own, it worked. And so after that... Um, you know, I went back to the doctor after I had recovered and she goes, oh, your immunity is only going to last for three months. I got involved in a study at Cedar sinai medical called the Embark study, um, in which they took blood from me every month to see how long my immunity would last. My immunity lasted for one year, one year. Uh, when the doctors were saying it would only, you know, my doctor who unfortunately, I'm having a hard time trusting now um, that it would only last three months. Well, the, the fact of the matter is, is nobody knew. And again, is it due to the government mandates and the government overreach that my own doctor has been silenced? And it's very dangerous when the patient loses trust in their doctor, which is why I want to stand up for these doctors to say, do your science. Yes. Do your science. Don't let the government get in the way. These doctors need to be brave. They need to stand up. And I really congratulate those doctors that signed the Barrington Declaration, where 71,000 doctors stood up for the people and said, you know what? We're seeing adverse reaction. Something very interesting I think we're starting to see now is suddenly the media is starting to call the vaccine, the Trump vaccine.
1: The switch is happening.
0: Yeah. The switch is happening. And the reason they're doing it, this is studies are coming out. Yeah. That this vaccine is creating pericarditis, uh, myocarditis, and it is having some adverse reactions toward people. Well, I also believe in informed consent. We need to know if these, uh, Side effects are. And if you want to take the vaccine, go ahead and take the vaccine. Of course. But it, right. but it should be a choice. It should not be forced on anyone. Just right. like any medication shouldn't be forced on anyone. I know when I watch TV commercials for medicine, they'll stream off all of the side effects that can happen to you. Then it's your choice whether you want to put that drug in your body. And it's a decision that should be made between you and your doctor, not the government.
1: Totally, Lori. And th- this is all, I think, common sense. And having that personal discussion with your doctor, again, nothing is more, nothing really is more personal, at least from the physical health perspective. And what you and I are discussing here as non-doctors, I mean, I, I have a PhD in another science. I'm not a medical doctor. My point in saying that is, We evaluate and approach scientific questions, you know, with a little bit of skepticism. Not that we can never know how the natural world operates or how a virus operates, but we approach with hypotheses. We test the hypotheses. And the key thing is in science, it's okay to propose a hypothesis, right? Like you and I and, um, well, of course, all these brave uh, doctors and medical researchers have been doing When you just start silencing entire classes of hypotheses and say, no, you can't ask that question. We can't address it. That's already been been agreed upon. You can't talk about it. Well, that makes a lot of us very nervous, very skeptical, and they end up worsening the problem, which is perhaps what they want to do. Maybe marginalize people who had questions or who had doubts or who had personal reasons why they didn't want to be the first in line for a messenger RNA gene therapy injection, which was rushed through. They're now admitting that right now that they think they can hang it on Trump's head as they try to disqualify him. Watch that pivot that we just talked about. Look at how fast they turn. It'll give you whiplash. They're trying to hang it on him now with operation warp speed, which I never, I was against that when Trump did it. I'm against it no matter who does it. You know, I I don't want the government involved with medicine personally, And I don't like all the handouts and all the immunity and all those backroom deals, but it was done. And now they're trying to hang it on Trump's head and blame him. And it's like, this never had to be
0: partisan. I think never had to be partisan, right? This is, this is your health. Yeah. We need to get the uh, government out of the doctor patient relationship period. Exactly.
1: Um, Exactly. You
0: know, and you look at the money that Anthony Fauci has made off of this. When I mean, I've never seen somebody flip-flop so fast on medicine in my life. And the more that man talked, the less I trusted it. Um, I don't know how many millions of dollars he's made off the death of our citizens, but it's, it's disgusting. Now, COVID was real. But, you know, again, they even hid the origin from us. We know it was a man-made virus from a lab and our own government, with Anthony Fauci and Peter Daszak, were doing these experiments, and it escaped. I think that we need to ban gain-of-function research, and that may be the I one agree. thing the government can do.
1: But Lori, so just to be just to be clear, I, my understanding is that it was a naturally occurring uh, version of a coronavirus um, coming from mammalian populations, I think, somewhere in China, but once it was brought into a lab with the gain of function research they intentionally amplified its transmissibility to humans right, right? and that's really right. what all the li- so it started as maybe a natural coronavirus um, similar to maybe SARS very closely related from my understanding but then with the gain of function research that fauci that little lying elf you know that he fibbed about and he said no no it's not it's not gain of function but then it was turned, you know, we have all the documents now. It's, it's basically been admitted to that. Yes, it was gain of function research. And you were lying about it, Fauci. And you were doing it in other countries, China, maybe even Ukraine. I'm not sure if that's been proven yet. But what you can't do here in the United States, again, they just outsource it to a different country. And they, they pay for it with taxpayer money. Just because they funnel it through Eco Health Alliance, you know, right? So there's a middle, there's a middleman, right? That doesn't mean that the United States government is not funding it, and it infuriates me these lies um, with that little elf. I guess we're not supposed to call him a lying elf now, right? Like DeSantis did. Did what you see? Um, did you see Governor Newsom um, white knighting and being the hero coming to Fauci's defense just the other
0: day? Uh, you know, the hypocrisy kills me. Um, you sit here, you know, President Trump wasn't a doctor. He trusted Dr. Fauci. And understand this. Have. Yeah. No, but Barack Obama told Fauci, you cannot do this research. Sure. And he outsourced it to China. And the man should be in jail. Um, but I remember, you know, what President Trump did try to do that they don't talk about. You know, he sent the uh, the Comfort and the other ship to New York and to California to be hospitals. And Newsom never used it. You know, um, yeah. the, these guys, it, it, they made it political. They yes. made it political. And medicine shouldn't be political. And the fact that they're still pushing, I don't think this was ever about the virus. I think it was about them getting control of the citizens. And the scary part was how fast people complied. Yes. How fast people complied. Um, There's still people driving in their cars with masks on alone. Yeah. You know, uh, the PTSD that has happened with people is insane. Yes. But we have to get back to common sense guys. And we need to get the doctors freedom to practice medicine and not to Get the government off their necks because we're just going to end up like any other country that is ruled by the government. And my goal is small government, get the government out of your life and let you prosper. Because everything we face right now comes from the state legislature, whether it's crime and putting criminals above the victim, whether it's high prices, we're the highest tax state in the country. It's time to cut the cost of living for our family. And now they're telling our doctors, shh, we'll tell you how to treat your patients. We're in a really dangerous, pivotal state in our country, which is why I need your uh, audience to support my campaign.
1: Excellent, and remind us of your website one more time where, uh, where people can go to get more information on your campaign and even donate, Lori.
0: Uh, yes, understand I am not funded by Pfizer. <laughs> and I'm not funded by unions. I am not funded by Planned Parenthood. It's grassroots supporters like you that can help me. So my website is Lori Mills, which is L O R I M I L L S, the number four, stateassembly.com. I am 100% grassroots supported. What have you guys been doing for your country? I've given up everything to run for you. And I'm asking you for your help today. Um, realize $25 goes a long way. That's two signs. $100 goes a long way. But the cost of running for office, I know you guys are sick of people asking you, but I want you to understand why we asked. Doing one mailer in my district of 600,000 people is about $20,000, $20,000 for me to reach the voters with Jackie Irwin's voting record, because that's how we're going to take her down. I can't do it without you. This is your race. This is your state. It's not mine alone.
1: All right, uh, everybody, you heard it here. Um, also, find us both on Instagram. Um, and Lori, what's your what's your Instagram handle again?
0: Uh, Lori Mills for State Assembly. And I, I am also on Twitter. Okay. Um, I believe off the top of my head, it's at Lori M for... CA 42. How about but you this? can also just look up?
1: I'll try to get the link to Twitter and your socials, and I'll put it in the show notes for, uh, for our podcast notes. How's that?
0: Yeah, I appreciate that so much, and I appreciate you doing what you do, uh, because again, a lie cannot stand in the light of truth. Be bold, be brave, never be censored. Our country depends on it.
1: Awesome great message. And Lori Mills, everybody. Uh, Thank you very much, Lori, for for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. And we'll talk to you again.
0: Thanks so much. I'm so happy to have been on.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: This has been the California Liberty Project Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, share it with others, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter.